0: You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For God is good, isn't he not? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen, amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to talk about Joseph. You all know the story, so you know the different things that's going to take place there. But in Genesis 50, verse 20, it's written, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to the position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, if you know the story of Joseph, you know he saved a lot of the Israelites from famine. But you have the opportunity to give people everlasting life. You can save them from a life of destruction, a life of death, just by saving and sharing the gospel with them. But as we look at Joseph this morning, before the age of 30, he was betrayed by his own brothers, sold into slavery, thrown into prison. Yet he did not deserve any of it. None of those wrongdoings that he deserved. But look at the courage. Let's look at the integrity of this man. I mean, he could have, like Brother Chris said this morning, thrown himself a pity party. I mean, he could have had quite a few pity parties. He could have continued on that. But he chose rather to honor his God with his integrity and to use his God-given gifts with excellence. That's what God looks for each and every one of you. He's given you all gifts, different ones. He wants you to use them. Use those in your workplace. Use them in your home. At each stage of what seemed to be a defeat, the testimony of Joseph, Came this. God was with him. God prospered him. Even those that ruled over him understood that it was God who prospered Joseph. They could spirit the spirit of the Lord in him. And there's people in this church that you see the spirit of the Lord in them. You see it in their smile. You see it in their hello. You see it in their greeting. You see it in the way that they approach people, the way they act you can tell that they're touched by the Spirit of God. And sometimes that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. Somebody could be having a very bad day and it's just your smile. It's your hello that changes their whole day and their whole outlook. It's how we respond to these fires, how we respond to these events that we have to go through. respond with our own strengths and our own weaknesses. Everyone knows that the enemy knows how to push our buttons. He knows how to push our buttons. There's people in this church who know how to push my buttons. So I mean everybody knows. The enemy knows how to push your buttons. They know how to make it bad. But we have to be able to take a step back And look at the goodness of God. It's with gratitude that his hand of protection and provision is over us. He is focused on us. We are his children. You are all his children. He has chosen each and every one of you. And he wants to look over you and protect you and guide you. So as we turn to different circumstances, we must be able to say like Joseph, God has made me forget all my troubles. God has made me fruitful in this land, even in my grief. Furthermore, one day we need to know that the chain of fulfillment of God's prophecy on us, because God has called us all. He has separated you from everyone else. He has made you very special. You each are very special in God's eyes. And he has chosen you and he has set you out and he has great and marvelous things for each of you. And we have to recognize that sometimes God is going to preserve, preserve us to go forward and do what we need to do. But now it's time to get really practical. We need to look at big faith. Because this is what Joseph had. He had big faith. He trusted God. I mean, he grew up in a dysfunctional family. I mean, I don't know how many of you come from big families or small families. But there were always things going on. He was abandoned by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was accused of rape. He was in prison. He was forgiven, but forgotten and alone that he's handled each and every one of those situations with absolute faith in God. His faith never wavered. It didn't matter what came up against him. It didn't matter what hurt him. Jesus stood there and Joseph stood there. I mean, and he just never wavered. Against all odds, he stood with God. He never gave up. I mean, when he was hated, he did not retaliate. When he was tempted, he did not yield. When his life fell apart, he did not give up. And when he was blessed, he did not strut and run around like, look at me, look what God has done. for me. He remained humble. He remained a person of God. Joseph consistently continued to be faithful and trusting God. No matter what the circumstances are. He didn't allow them to distort his view of God. He knew exactly who God was no matter what was going on. No matter what was coming up against him. No matter what the enemy was doing. No matter what situations came. Joseph stood strong in his faith. He decided to trust God completely. And this is where we need to be. This is where you need to be in your life. I mean, when he was 17 years old, full of life, full of energy, full of strength, he also had a reputation of being a tattletale. I don't know how many of you grew up in, in places like that or families like that one of your siblings would always run home and tell your mother or father, oh, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. I mean, you see it in workplaces and it, where people are competing for the same job. One's always going and telling the boss, so-and-so did this, and so-and-so did that. This is the reputation Joseph had. I mean, he was the second youngest of 12, And they were all shepherds. But his job was to spy on his brother and run back to daddy and tell him everything. I mean, you can imagine his brothers hated him. I mean, they couldn't get away with anything. He was daddy's favorite. And Jacob, his father, he didn't hide that. He got Joseph a special coat. Full of, as they say, many colors. A really nice coat he bought or made for Joseph. He spoiled Joseph. Anything Joseph wanted, dad got him. And the more he poured out on Joseph, the more the brothers hated him. I mean, and you can picture, you've all, grown up, you've had siblings, you know what it's like. And then Joseph was a dreamer. So he was always telling stories. He was always trying to exalt himself above his brothers. And they really didn't like him to begin with and now he's just adding more salt to the womb. He just keeps on going. One day, Jacob sent Joseph to go check on his brothers. As he came over the ridge, his brothers spotted him. And they go, here comes the dreamer with a coat of many colors blowing in the wind. And they couldn't stand it any longer. Why should he be their father's favorite? They'd had enough of the favorite son. They wanted to silence him once and for all. Scripture, 37 Genesis. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him. Let's throw him in one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. And as Joseph approached, his brother recognized him. And they plotted to kill him. I mean, this is how much anxiety this kid created in his own family. Reuben argued that they should not send, shed blood, but just throw Joseph in a citron, which is a ditch. Throw him there. Reuben's idea, they figured, was to go back and release Joseph after a period of time. So they stripped Joseph as special coats. They threw him into the cistern. And the brothers, oblivious to Joseph's cries for help, sat down to eat. I mean, here they are eating lunch or whatever. Their brothers over there in a ditch, yelling, get me out of here, screaming, yelling. They're not even listening. This is how irritated they were by him. And then they spot a caravan on the way to Egypt. So they decide to sell. They decide to sell Joseph. So they sell Joseph. They take him out. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And Reuben, I I guess, was unaware of it, because scripture tells us that he went back to the cistern to get Joseph, and he wasn't there. So he became distraught over this. But the brothers devised the scheme. They killed their goat, they covered the jacket of Joseph with goat's blood, took it back to their father so he, he would think that a wild animal had eaten Joseph. But Joseph was sold into slavery. And he didn't deserve this. His life was shattered, That was totally changed. I mean, how do we react in situations like that? I mean, some of you have been in workplaces where coworkers have come after every move you make. They watch you. People. You wonder, and the same old questions every time we face a storm comes up and it says, where is God in this? Where is God? Does God even care? Does God answer my questions? Does God answer my prayer? But what happens? Joseph gets to Egypt. He's sold to a man named Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard for the Pharaoh himself. And that brings us to the phase in the text the story. The Lord was with Joseph. Why he was abandoned by his family? Why is he a prisoner? Why is he now a slave? Genesis 39, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. He was so successful in everything he did. So successful in everything he did. He served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with him and gave him great success in everything he did. You see, if you're right with God, if your standing is right with God, if you're trusting God for everything and quit trying to manipulate God and do things the way you want to do them, but respond to God and keep your faith there, God is going to prosper you. God is going to give you what you need. He may not give you everything you want, but he will give you what you need. He will give you peace and contentment. He will bring you joy in your time of sorrow. He will teach you and guide you. The Lord was with Joseph. Now, for somebody that's totally ungodly, knows nothing of the Lord, recognize that God was with them. That God's blessings were upon them. Think about that. Think about some of the people that you know. Think about some places where you work or where where you go or stuff like that. And the people that are not godly that you know recognize that the spirit of the Lord is with you. They recognize that God has his hand on your life. It gives you an opportunity to minister, but it also gives you an advantage where they recognize what God has done. And eventually that will lead them to Christ. So Potiphar gives Joseph a huge promotion. He puts him in charge of everything in the house. Everything. I mean, this Egyptian became so trusting. He just trusted. Joseph implicitly. But Joseph faced the temptation of Potiphar's wife. Obviously, Joseph was good looking because the wife kept hitting on him. And he wouldn't take it. He refused her touch, he refused her temptations, he rejected her. And what happens then? Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in this entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. And he held back nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife, how could I do such a wicked thing? It would be great sin against God. I mean, sometimes the temptations we we face are real. Something is tempting us to do this, to do that. But we have to say no. We have to be strong. And if we fall, God will re- forgive us. God will restore us if we truly repent of our sin. But Joseph was strong. He was not. His faith was big. He was not going to succumb to that. But then the woman became scorned. And she tried and she tried. But then she went and told her husband that he tried to rape her. A total lie, manufactured. But it ends up throwing Joseph in prison forgotten by his master, alone in a jail cell. But God knows who he is, for the Lord was with him, and the Lord blessed him. And once again, Joseph began to rise to leadership. The warden was so completely in Joseph that he made Joseph the chief administrator of the prison. I mean, it seemed like no matter where this guy went, no matter what happened, God's hand was upon him. Wow, what made it so different? His faith and his trust in God. Like Brother Chris said this morning, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. We have to trust in God. Our ways are not his ways. And he will get us through whatever we face, whatever we face, whatever challenges come upon us. And I know all of you have had different challenges at different times. Some of you are in battles right now. Trust God to get you through. Joseph, in prison. Now the chief administrator of the jail lived in confident faith in God. He had big faith in a big God. Look what happens next. I'm not sure exactly how Joseph won over the warden, but whatever he did, the warden was so impressed with him. The Lord was with Joseph in prison, it says. He showed up his faithful love. The Lord made Joseph a favorite, the favorite with the prison warden. I mean, this is incredible. Thrown into prison by Potiphar, by his master, accused of something he didn't do. And I know some of you have all been accused of things you did not do. Because people want to slant the story in their direction rather than yours. So they accuse you of things. Joseph being put in charge of all the other prisoners. The warden was just able to sit back in his chair, put his feet up on the desk, watch a little TV or whatever. Two of Pharaoh's personal staffers were in prison at the same time and one night, the two of them have a dream. They go to Joseph. And they sang. And they tell them about the dream. And the cupbearer relates his dream in which he said he saw three grape branches and he saw them taking the grapes from the vine and squeezing them into Pharaoh's cup. And Joseph interpreted this to mean that within three days, the cupbearer would be restored to his position. And encouraged by a favorable rendition of that for the cupbearer. The chief baker, he relayed his dream to Joseph. And he said, I see three baskets of baked goods that were on his head and the birds were eating the goods from the top of the basket. And Joseph indicated within three days the baker would be hanged and the bird would eat his flesh. I mean, two really different versions of what's going on. Some good, some bad. The interpretation of these dreams would be a chain of events would lead to another disappointment. In return for the interpretation, Joseph asked the cupbearer to tell about all the injustice which had been done by him, first by forcibly carrying off the land of the Hebrews and then being framed for rape. And on the third day of the banquet, Pharaoh lifted the heads of his two officers and the cupbearer was restored to his position and the baker was hanged. And in spite of the obvious implications of Joseph's uncanny ability to interpret dreams, the cupbearer did not. See, sometimes we trust man to do something for us, but man doesn't always do that. Man will usually take care of their own needs over yours. The cupbearer was so impressed that he got his job back, he didn't care about Joseph anymore. And people will use you in such a way. You have to remember to put your faith in God and trust the Lord. Ask the Lord for direction on everything. He will guide you. He will guide you. We don't know exactly how long Joseph was in prison. It could have been for ten years. It could have been two years. But well, we know that it was at least two years before he talked with the cupbearer. But you gotta have big faith. Your faith has to grow. You have to learn to trust God in everything. Even the simple things. If this was your story, if this was your story, would you have bailed out on God? Or would you have remained faithful? Would you have tried to work it out yourself? Or would you have got down on your knees start crying out to God and ask his help, his direction, his leadership. Which way would you go? I mean, we say things to God sometimes. We get stuck in a storm and it's, God, where are you? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you helping me? God's just testing your faith. He wants to see if you'll remain strong. He wants to see if you'll continue. But sometimes we get in our human nature, in our flesh, and we just say, I I guess you're not here, God. I'll have to do it myself. That doesn't really work out. But that's yet what so many people say every time they face a storm if they don't get that instant reply from God, if they don't get that microwave answer right away, they want to do it themselves rather than trust the Lord for who he is rather than trust God for what he can do we want everything done on our timetable not on God's I mean we want to see things happen right now instantly We say to ourselves, I can't wait for God forever. Why not? You're going to spend eternity with him. We act like at times we have everything all figured out. You know, we reach a problem we figure, okay, this is the solution, and we go ahead and do it, and it just doesn't work out. Why? Because we didn't have faith in God. We didn't trust God. We lean on our own understanding. Joseph seemed to know something that we seem to easily forget. We need to know to look for God in all that we do. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter what the storms are, we need to expect God and we need to experience God in them. Faith is about trusting God regardless, regardless of what we face. I mean, every single day, we have choices to make. You have choices of what clothes to put on. You have choices of what way you're gonna drive to work. You have choices about this, you have choices about that. You need to trust God in what you're doing. You need to know and you need to wonder Will I view the circumstance through God's eyes or will I view it through my own eyes? Will I see it the way God sees it or will I see it the way the enemy sees it? Will I allow it to overcome me or will I trust God to take care of it? Which way will we go? Which way will you go? You have to know. No matter what your circumstances are, if you look at it with your faith in God, he will get you through it. You just have to learn to look at it as the way God would look at it. You have to learn to trust him no matter what it is you face. Does God love you unconditionally? Does God love you unconditionally? He loves each and every one of you. He loves each and every one of you so much, he sent his son to die on a cross for you, for your sins, so you could have a right relationship with him. So it really doesn't matter what the person sitting next to you thinks of you. What matters is what God thinks of you. And what matters even more is how do you trust God? What do you think of God? Do you really trust him? God promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Never leave us nor forsake us. Not say, hey, I'm going to leave you on Sunday, April 16th, but I'll be back on the 19th. You know, so take a few days off. He doesn't say that. He says, I will never leave you. So who breaks the relationship? You or God? You do. God never breaks his relationship with us. He does not see you if you're living in sin. But that you understand. God does not see sin. Which is why you're forgiven of your sins. So you can be made righteous with God. So every situation every conversation regardless of what life brings is God is in it God is in it trust in him lean not on your own understanding. trust in God I mean Jesus is worthy of our complete trust is he not did he not go to the cross for you Did he not shed his blood for your sins? Was he not beaten for your iniquities? Does he not heal the sick? Does he not raise the dead? Does he not build a mansion in heaven for you? For you. So yes, he loves each and every one of you. Up, He loves each and every one of you. Put your faith in the Lord. Get big faith. Because big faith is what's going to make the difference. Big faith. Let's all stand.